Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my beloved podcast family. How are you this week? I'm so glad to be back with you. How are you? What's been going on? Drop me a line. <laughs> it's been so fun hearing from you guys. And okay, so first of all, this is the end of March and I don't understand how that happened. I, I don't understand how I have a five month old. I don't understand how I have an eight year old. I don't understand how I have a new puppy when I have a new, it's too much. It's all a lot. It's been crazy, but, um, this marks like six to eight weeks now that I've been back in the coaching. I've been coaching you guys. I've been doing shop reviews and having so much fun. So it's been great meeting some of you and still really hoping I didn't bite off more than I can chew. It's so, um, it's a lot of work, but it's so rewarding. And I love diving into your shops and giving you feedback and then seeing results happen. It's been so fun. So I'm just marveling at the passage of time. Isn't that what mothers with young babies do? Maybe that's what we all do. I don't know. Um, so one, before we get into today's topic, which you're going to love you're going to love Rachel so much. The um, the guest today is delightful and her story is a nice swift kick in our pants, um, which you'll understand why in a minute. But before we go into that, I did want to remind you, if you are in the digital uh, product space on Etsy, there's the, I'm participating in the Sell Digital Crafts Summit from April 3rd through 5th. So this is being hosted by Joff Sid, who did our SVG um a podcast episode a couple back now. And she's like queen of the SVG space. And she's gathered a ton of experts that are like really, really good at selling digital products on Etsy um, and other places as well, which will be really interesting to see, to learn about some of the other ways that you can make money selling your SVGs and other digital, digital products. Um, I'm going to be a speaker at that event and I encourage you to participate. Um, it is free, a totally free event. You can upgrade to VIP and get access to some really cool stuff. Um, and like freebie, like not freebies, like things that would usually cost more money. Like you'd have to pay a lot more if you went through the individual expert, but they're going to, it's going to be really solid. So check out my link in the description, in the, not in the description, in the show notes, if you would like to participate in that, if you're not already signed up and I will keep you informed via email of, um, all the goodness when that's coming down the pike, I'm going to be talking about trends. It's not going to be crazy new information for you guys. It's a bit of a different application from like, obviously the general trends episode I did at the beginning of this year, it's going to be more specific for the digital space. Um, but there are going to be so many other experts to listen to and learn from. So check that out. Number two, the FAQ episode is coming up. So just quick reminder, go down into the show notes or go over to lizziesmiley.com and send me your FAQs. If you want me to address a question you've got, 
or a topic you want to cover, this is your opportunity. So literally, if you just go to Lizzie Smiley, and it's L-I-Z-Z-I-E. I don't do the Y. It's an I-E. LizzieSmiley.com. It's just one survey question. It's not technically a survey. Just type in your FAQ or FAQs, plural, and I will add them to the list and hopefully get to them on the FAQ episode coming up. So yes, get those in um, as soon as you guys can, please. Okay, crossing things off my list. Next, let me tell you about our guest today, Rachel. So Rachel is a mom to two awesome girls, and she is married to her best friend, Jeff, and they live in the St. Louis, Missouri area. Rachel is legally blind due to a rare genetic disorder. Um, called Staggart's disease. She'll talk about it more, but basically she was diagnosed when she was in the second grade and has just like spent her life legally blind. And she has learned to live joyfully and effectively with her eye condition. I honestly, she's a marvel. She's amazing. Um, this is what she I love how she says this. Rachel has always lived with the mindset that she can accomplish whatever she sets her mind to, even with her visual limitations sewing, engineering, homeschooling her daughters, gardening, volunteering at a local animal shelter, and more. There are no roadblocks that she can't figure out a way to adapt and achieve. <laughs> I like, I'm sorry. That's amazing. I, she can't see. It's amazing what she's, what she's accomplished. Now her daughters are older and she's working to grow her small handmade business, both online and on, on Etsy. And by participating in arts and crafts markets in the St. Louis area, She's getting some amazing press because her story is amazing and her product is unbelievably beautiful. And she, Rachel's been sewing and designing bags and purses since 2008 when she opened her Etsy shop, So Good and Trendy, and hit the local St. Louis art and crafts show scene. All of Rachel's bags are made entirely from organic and recycled fabrics. So super cool story because I'm not sure what excuse we have, but she is sewing and selling bags on Etsy blind. She... um. She opened her shop in 2008, but she only recently really started building it because she was so focused on like the local area um, and then recently has been moving more into the online space. And I'm really excited for her because as you guys remember from the trends episode, those of you who are using your hands to hand make things, especially fabric things, um, like handmade items are so in demand right now on Etsy. There's just like so much space for it because, and I mean like print on demand and digital products are awesome and there's a demand for them and those uh, markets are growing like gangbusters for sure. But it's also like the more we get digital, the more we get online, the more we have this craving for things that we can touch. And like, that's like why lots of us still want to have a physical journal with a really nice pen and not just put notes in our phone. And there's just something to being able to touch it. So I'm very excited. I think that Rachel really inspires us to uh, not let our limitations stop us to kind of kick them to the curb and see what we can accomplish. So let's hear her story. I'm really excited to share her with you. She's so precious. I hope we can all support her. And if you need gifts to give people, go buy from Rachel's Etsy shop because you won't be disappointed and the story to go along with it is mind boggling. So help me welcome Rachel to the podcast. Let's dive in. Rachel, hey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm completely ecstatic and I've been wanting to capture a story like yours. I think it's so inspiring, so amazing, and it makes all of us need to sit down and shut up with any of our excuses. So um, so thank you for your willingness. I really appreciate it. And I would love to kick off today and start by hearing some of your story. Like our listeners are going to eat all of this up. I cannot wait. So please give us your, your background. 
Okay, well, first, thanks again for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I currently live there now with my husband and I have two daughters who are 16 and 18. I grew up in a rural part of the t of about an hour outside of St. Louis in a small town um, with my grandma and my grandpa and my mom and my dad. I had a very rural out in the country, barefoot, gravel road kind of upbringing, so but it was jealous. great. Yes. Um, I started sewing when I was in early grade school. My grandmother bought me like one of those plastic Singer sewing machines that you see in the toy stores. It was or white with orange flowers. Yes. And I loved it so much that I absolutely ran it into the ground, um, <laughs> sewing quilt pieces and things for my Barbie dolls to where my grandmother and my mom went in and they bought me a real sewing machine from JCPenney. And about that same time in early grade school was when when you're really young, the first eye doctor test they do is like a picture with a house and a tree and a dog, and they ask you where the apple is. And then when you go into second grade, they start to actually ask you to read the letters in like a more typical eye chart. And that is when the school recognized that there was something significantly wrong with my eyes. Um, they immediately contacted my parents and because I didn't know any different, you know, like yeah. I've always had vision the way I have some inklings of memories of things when I think I could see better, but I'm not 100% sure if those were just imagined or real. But so in second grade, they contacted my parents. They said something's wrong with their eyes. My parents immediately assumed that I was pulling their leg and just trying to get glasses because in rural Union, Missouri, there wasn't a lot of specialists there that had recognized my rare genetic eye disorder. Um, so I kept persisting that I can't see, I'm not making this up. And my parents took me to more and more specialists and we started going to St. Louis. And after seeing a number of specialists, they finally found a retina specialist who immediately diagnosed me. He looked in my eyes and he saw the problem. And then he actually took me to an ophthalmology class of graduate students to show <gasps> me his students because he was like, you're never gonna see this again in your life. This oh. kid's got this rare disease called Stargardt's. And from there forward, we had to start making plans on how to adjust and how to live with me having an eye disability. Um, it was totally a blessing that it happened when I was so young because I don't really know anything different than how I, how I live with my vision problem. My mom and my grandmother and my family in general was very supportive and it was never oh. a matter of Oh, you can't do that because you're you're legally blind. It was always okay. How are we going to make this work for Rachel? And so, I kept sewing. I progressed through high school. I graduated. Um, I graduated with a decent GPA. I went to Missouri Science and Technology to study engineering. Oh my um, gosh! <gasps> I graduated with a degree magna cum with a BS in nuclear engineering, um, and I loved nuclear engineering because no one can see particles and atoms and neutrons interacting with each other. So it oh kind of seemed gosh. like a pretty smashing fit for someone with a vision problem. Um, I did love it. I did love my career. I was able to move to New York and work for Lockheed Martin for five years and I supported the US Navy. Um, I met my now husband. Um, he actually, we met in college and he moved to New York shortly after I did, which is super awesome and romantic. Um, but then now here we are, we left New York. We came back um, to St. Louis because we had children. We wanted them to be close to family. And 
when my kids got old enough to where I felt like I had a little more independence from them, I started sewing actively and I created my business so good and trendy. It was a good fit with the engineering because I could really think about how pieces fit together and dimensions. I also hung bags in my garage with gallons of milk because we have kids. So we always had lots of milk when they were little to make sure all the seams could like tolerate weight and be an effective bag. And that was in 2008 when I started So Good and Trendy. And here I am now in 2023. And I'm really digging into my Etsy shop and trying to build that piece of my business. Because most of my business I've done over the years has been in local art shows. Which we absolutely have to talk about because that is incredible. And I, my jaw's on the floor. Like you are, you are brilliant. I also, I have to segue here for one second, Rachel, because we had a little, um, we had a little photo bomb situation um, behind you while you were sharing. And it was a kitty cat. Oh, he's, no. super cute. he's super super cute and so i need to ask because i also i mean it's like i have to shut the door to keep my cat from being literally on my computer laptop he would be blocking our view of each other can you tell us about your cat so we have three cats but the one that you're witnessing his name is etsy which <laughs> we did not choose it's spelled e-t-z-y he's a little over a year old my older daughter, who's 18, she's volunteered at the local animal shelter for the past three years, like regularly going up, cleaning cages, playing with kittens. Oh. And for three years, you know, she made some like, oh, we should adopt this cat, but it was never really sincere. But then the January before last, a kitten came into the shelter, a little gray fuzzball. He is so incredibly petite for a cat. Like he still looks like a kitten, even though he's over a year old. But she said, Mom, his name is Etsy. We have to adopt this cat. <laughs> and so, of course, we did. <laughs> like, it was the first time she really asked for a kitten from the shelter. And his name was Etsy. So we it's had him. Good. He's awesome. He's a fireball. He's actually on my Facebook page fairly often because he's always in my business. So this is very appropriate because he is very much part of your brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, even though my brand started in 2008, we just got him in 2022. He's definitely a part of my brand and my every piece of me sewing now has him. There was like a picture I posted today is him and I use these crates like little boxes to keep all the projects I'm working in. So I keep everything together for each bag. And there's no greater joy to him is when a box gets emptied and a oh. bag is done because then he jumps in the box and sleeps. He just went by again. He is so he just like he just owns it. He <laughs> oh, he's sitting out here. Can he's I your mascot, Rachel. Here. Oh yeah, let's get a full blown view since we've gone this. We've gone as oh he's so handsome. Hi Etsy. He says oh okay, everybody, you're gonna have to go look at the YouTube video if you want to. Maybe I'll try to get a screenshot of this for the cover so you can see. This is hysterical. Okay, I love it. Um, Rachel, that was a riot, and also I can't believe you're a nuclear engineer. I like like when I said before we need to get rid of our excuses. I'm feeling officially like shame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. So I have a question for you. Can I be your coach? Since 2012, I've been working with business owners in all different walks of life and helping them figure out how to grow their businesses, develop themselves, work through fears and challenges, launch a new idea, or create a very fresh vision for their life. One of my core strengths is generating ideas and casting vision on a project, and I would just love to do that for you. Whether you need coaching for your Etsy shop or a completely different business project, I'm here to partner with you for breakthrough and brainstorm brilliant strategies with you. My experience in everything from corporate America to network marketing to consulting, web design, blogging, 
Etsy, Shopify, social media management, and now course creation and podcasting has given me quite the breadth of knowledge to help my fellow entrepreneur. And I would be totally delighted to work with you. You can book a coaching session over at howtosellyourstuff.com or shoot me an email at lizziesmiley at yahoo.com and we'll find out if we'd be a good fit. I cannot wait to meet you and hear what you're dreaming about. Okay, I do want to ask about this though because I like we all think about it's hard enough starting a business when you have when you don't have any kind of disability, when you're just trying to figure it out and you have this whole other enormous massive layer. And I mean, you've been, you've been living with this your whole life. What does it mean to be legally blind? Cuz I'm guessing you can see something, you can see a little. Help us understand what, you know, I guess I always thought that meant there was no vision at all. You know, a lot of people do think that when they hear the word blind, they immediately think it's equivalent to like turning the lights off in the basement and yes. complete blackness. And really not when someone's legally blind, and most people who are considered blind, but not I would say most, a lot, have some ability to see light, um, okay. to see movement. There's various ways of measuring legal blindness. The one where I fall in the category of legally blind is your center of vision is uncorrectable, like the best vision you can have with glasses, with anything, is 20 over 200. Wow. So what like 2020 is pretty typical vision. So 20 over 200 means what you see at 200 feet is what I see at 20 feet. Oh my gosh. Does that okay. make sense? I don't see much at 200 feet. So wow. <laughs> and, and my vision actually is like, I think 20 over 21, 20, 210, 20 over 21, zero. Okay. Um, am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like when you were a kid, could you see the chalkboard at all with your glasses on? No, I could not see the board. I um, I would either have to sit, like sometimes teachers would put my desk like up against the board, which is horrifying yes. to an adolescent, right? Absolutely. Um, a lot of the times, like as I got older in college, I would be proactive and I would approach my professors and ask them, because most of them have their notes written in advance on transparencies, which I'm now dating myself, um, <laughs> or some kind of write out. And so I would just go and ask them to give me a copy of that in advance so that I would have it in front of me while they wrote things on the board. If I had a situation where a professor didn't have those available to me, I would just look for a friend in the class and borrow their notes and copy them out after class. Okay. Um, so it was, it took an extra thought, you know, I like, I had to be very proactive and I had to really think through how I was going to make it work. And I would say in general, like 90% of the people I interact with, especially in college, and then I would say 100% in my career were very supportive and very much of how do I make this work for Rachel? Because she she wants to do this. Like I didn't, I, I hit my share of roadblocks, but mm -hmm. I think in general, people want to be good and they want to be supportive. Gosh, I kind of wonder to me, um, the idea of New York, I know, and as a young woman, I would have been very excited about New York, but now I, I'm, I, it's too many people and too much noise, but I'm thinking like actually the public, all the public transportation would have been helpful. Like that wouldn't have been, was it easier? You know, actually it was upstate New York. I should have said that oh, more clearly. Okay. So I lived outside of Albany. So there was still a little bit more public transportation, um, but it wasn't New York City, which I would have totally dug that. That would have been amazing. Yeah. But the job was in Albany, Schenectady. So that's where I went. Okay. Okay. Fascinating. So, okay. So what led you to become an Etsy seller? I know we're going to talk about uh, sh local craft shows here shortly, which is a great, but how did that come to be? I mean, you're, and you're already, you're already starting to take off on Etsy, which is amazing. 
oh, you're kind. It's exciting. Um, I started selling on Etsy in 2008. I think Etsy was actually created in 2005. And I, th I think it was my husband that was like, hey, have you heard about this Etsy thing? And it was so easy to set up a shop. You know, I just took a couple pictures of some items and listed them. And I loved it. It was just something I could do it from home. I didn't have to find a ride anywhere. I have computer wow. monitors and things where I can blow up text to make it so it's achievable for me. Um, I loved it. It was a great outlet for me to get my product out. Well, I love that you're making a physical product. Like, I, I mean, we're going to have to talk more about how you're doing that because I'm just thinking sewing needle, tiny thread going through. I, I can't. I know you'll explain it to me, but I cannot fathom what that is like. And then and then also taking pictures. Like, it, I can barely do it with vision. I can't. I just don't know. I don't, <laughs> yeah, like, help me out with this because I, like, how, how have you overcome the vision challenges you must have faced making your products? Like, just... I mean, like, forget just the shop actually making them. How does that work? So the advent of automatic um, threading on needles and sewing Oh, was that a thing? Life-altering for me, for sure. Because, like, when I was younger, my grandma would always have to come thread my needle. If I was at home, my mom would. But now all of my sewing machines, except my industrial, um, has an automatic threader. So I just weave. I, I sew a lot by feel. So I can uh -huh. feel the thread in my finger, and I can I know, like, mechanically – my body, my hand knows where to take the thread to get it into the tension plates. And, and then at the very end, I just kind of put it into a little groove that I can feel and then push a button down and it pokes it through the needle, which is awesome. Wow. Um, but so a lot of my sewing and using my sewing machines is by memory and by feel. Like I can't see the screen on my sewing machine to know like what the needle position is, but I can hear the audible sound of it beeping. And I know I can see the presser foot and I know if I want to do a quarter inch seam, I need to hear the needle move over five bumps to the left or the right, whichever direction I'm going. Um, I have a magnifier that we mounted on one of my sewing machines. And more recently in the last few years, I realized I could use my iPhone. So I bought like this gooseneck clamp, but I clamp it on my sewing table and then I can move my phone in magnifying mode in front of my sewing machine and bring it, zoom it in so like the needle and the presser foot are like almost full in the screen and I can actually see exactly where the needle is hitting so I can do like really ornate um, applique and very wow. like you just really cognizant of where my top stitching is and um, that's been awesome but I will say I've only sewn my hand one time <gasps> no. I sewed I hit my thumb my husband brought this up and he's like you should talk about that because on a lot of these computerized machines like my board machine there's a needle down button like right in the middle of the head, like four or five inches above the needle and something got stuck and I would head my hands down and my bobbin and I was trying to get thread out and I got so close that my forehead hit the needle down button and it went <gasps> into my thumb. And when I pulled it out, the needle came with me and I won't go into more details, but my husband's response was, let me go get the pliers and I'll take care <gasps> of that. <laughs> I was like, no, we are still going to urgent care. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. And so, only once in blind have I um, put a needle through my through a thumb, and I'm here to still. It's okay. I keep sewing. Oh my gosh, that would be my great. That's my greatest fear. Looking at the needle, I can't even fathom. Um, <laughs> does he help you quite a bit? Like, are there things that you need help with that he helps you, or or you've sort of figured it all out? My husband is a really big part of this. He is awesome. He's very supportive. He clearly drives me to art shows because. 
Oh, Everyone yeah. can rest assured I don't drive, <laughs> so that's okay. Um, but he does, anytime I make something, whether it be for an art show or being shipped out on Etsy, he does a once full over on it to make sure that everything's wow. in my QC control. He also does trim my embroidery for me because the threads are super tiny. So I'll stitch out the pattern and then he'll come back with a, a little pair of surgical scissors and help get all the itty bitty threads taken care of. He also sets my rivets. He is very okay. good at using my cam snap rivet press and he can come in and do all that for me, which is very kind. Oh, praise God for the husbands. I couldn't have done my shop with the wood signs without mine either. He built every single thing. He boxed almost everything. Like they're, like you said, there are just certain things. And I mean, like the rivets, that would, that takes a lot of hand strength, doesn't it? Or am I thinking of the wrong tool? Um, I don't, it's not terrible, but it's great that he can do it because then he can see to, because if you poke a hole and that is when my bag is done, like that is one of the last things to happen. Okay. So when we poke a hole in the strap, and then set the rivet to make the like the tri-glide so that it can be adjustable, do its magical part and be adjustable. If I put the hole in the wrong spot, the whole bag would be done. And that would be upsetting, right? Absolutely. Um, so he does come in and it's really nice to have him here. We put a TV in my sewing room so we can watch football or oh. you know, have something on that we both enjoy. And I, I look forward to when he comes down to my sewing room and helps out. The, your pieces are absolutely gorgeous. Like you've totally, you're going to carve your entire own niche out on Etsy because it's, it's just something that's not even copyable. And I'm amazed at the detail that you produce with, with all of this. It's completely, I'm just, I, I know that I can't, I don't have words. I don't have words for you, Rachel. It's amazing. So let's talk about the craft shows since that's kind of been the bread and butter, how you got started. What role have they played in growing your bits in your business? They have been significant. They are very much a part of the St. Louis community. Um, there are craft shows, there's handmade markets. I've done farmer's markets. Um, I've done pretty much everything out there I can get into. It's a lot of fun. It allows me to meet people and then they yes. can have that great customer service piece where they're not just buying something from this big box store, but they're buying a little piece of me when oh. they buy my bag. And I love it. And it also, I can give them a link to my Etsy shop and I can, I find that people like to come back and continue supporting. Like they bought a bag Absolutely. and then they're like, Oh, I want to get a wallet for my mom for her birthday. Or, um, so I think that the local art shows and having an Etsy shop really dovetail together in a really elegant, nice way. I think that, um, a number of people in my life are going to be getting handmade gifts from you for Christmas this year, because that is just so cool. I'm just, I just still can't, I can't get, I can't get my brain around it. So like, how often do you go? Well, I, there's so much I could, there's so much I want to ask about the craft shows. I'll let, yeah, I do want to know how often do you go to, do you attend them? Um, this time of year is rather slow. There's not very okay. many available, but the spring things start picking up a little more. Um, I'm doing my first major show this year is going to be in May. And then I have another one in July scheduled. So once like the spring, summer, spring and summer, I try to do one a month. And then when the fall hits, I could do one every weekend if I wanted to. There are so oh many God. opportunities with fall festivals and holiday markets. It's just at that point, you have to kind of be cognizant of your schedule and what I'm really capable of creating because, you know, there's kind of the the challenge of it. If you go to a show and you sell really well and you sell all your pieces, but you signed up for six more pieces, you don't want to burn bridges with those organizations and not show up or not have 
an attractive booth when you come. So it's a balancing game of trying to figure out how much can I really produce and how much will I potentially sell? How many pieces do you have to take to one of these events? Like how many do you have to have ready? Um, I don't know the exact number. Yeah, uh, but it's not 10, my guess. No, I use like those big crates you use to like package up your holiday stuff. Yes. Like, from a big box store. And I try to take four to five of those completely jammed full. <gasps> with bags to every event. Like that's my goal. Okay. And do you have like best sellers that you know are always going to do really well? I do. I have several designs that I really, I load up on and like, I kind of, as, and those change, like they're not always the same. Like there'll be one year where everyone wants a big bag. And then I start seeing people gravitate towards smaller bags. And right now that's what I'm finding is either people are buying really big messenger bags or they mm -hmm. want like little phone pouches that are crossbody or like a fanny pack type, something small they can get their phone and their credit cards in and be mm -hmm. out the door. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I've totally gone off the, I like have all these other questions I want to ask you, but you know what? This is really smart. So like you guys that are listening, um, let's say you have a handmade product and you're having some trouble getting an edge on Etsy, or there's not even really a, a, like a niche that exists specifically for your product on Etsy. If you go to these craft shows and you're handing out business cards, you can drive traffic to your Etsy shop. And the thing that happens is as soon as you, if you create some of that traffic to your Etsy shop, this will, this will help you too, Rachel. Um, if you create some traffic coming in from other places, whether it be in person, whether it be like, you know, maybe you're selling on consignment through a local shop or you're going to craft shows, what's going to happen is it's going to, those sales, um, what's going to happen is those people are then going to come shop at your Etsy shop and then those sales are going to bump you up in the algorithm and it will create a marketplace. So you'll start to get shown to people who are searching for more general things rather than the really specific. So this is just, Rachel has found a really cool specific way to get in into the market, to get herself inserted in the market. And it doesn't hurt that you're doing a handmade product in a time when so many people are moving towards a digital or when there's nothing wrong with digital or print on demand. I'm a huge fan, but it's also going to open up really cool doors for the handmade space. So, um, okay. So one of the reasons that you and I connected was because of the, the local press article that you sent me, Rachel. So can, how are you able to get the attention of the local press? Cause this is another technique that people can use to, to blow up their business. I do think it's really important to take advantage of local press. Um, it's a little uncomfortable, at least for me to put yourself, put myself out there and like kind of, seek those opportunities. Yeah. Um, what most recent one that you're referring to Lizzie, it was released in January. It was from the St. Louis post dispatch. And I actually came up on that one because I don't know if I've mentioned, but all of my bags and purses are made with hundred percent organic and recycled fabrics. It's my <sighs> goal to show people that organic and recycled fabrics are every bit as beautiful and as exciting as conventional materials. And in yes. fact, I don't think, I actually think a lot of people buy my stuff and they don't realize that it's organic and recycled. Um, but so I went to a sustainability meeting, um, like a little St. Louis meetup where these people were going and talking about, um, how to minimize food waste, right? Like how to be better advocates of our planet and reduce our footprint and not put as much food waste in the garbage. And while I was there, I saw a friend that I knew from years ago, and she introduced me to the presenter who also happened to be, a uh, a writer for the St. Louis Post. And a few days after that, she researched my company and then she reached out and asked if she could do an article. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. You know, that'd be great. <laughs> Not expecting a whole lot, <laughs> you know, like who reads the newspaper anymore, right? Um, 
I was wrong. Like the article was released online on a Thursday. And the only reason I even knew it was released is my Etsy started cha-chinging. No. And it was just cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And Jeff <gasps> my husband and I were like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then we realized it was online because some people were sharing it on Facebook. So I started sharing it. Oh. And then the print copy came out on Sunday and the cha-chings kept coming for a solid two weeks to where I sold more in the month of January than I sold the entire year of 2022 oh on Etsy. And it was amazing. And my husband and I literally lived in my sewing room for like a month <laughs> because <laughs> nothing I have on Etsy is done. Like everything I make to order in case like someone wants to tweak a color of something or this or that. And it was awesome. And that did bump my Etsy algorithm. It had a significant impact on my ranking and 99% of those sales were local and it's still paying dividends back to my business because I'm getting found by people in Texas and Florida and California yes. and all these other people now. Because that proved the va like the value, how valuable your product was. And that created that. I, I had an idea for you. I want to mention, Rachel, when you were saying people didn't realize that you had an organic um, recycled material, if you haven't done this already, and I, I just don't re recall because I looked at your... Um, Etsy shop over a week ago and I have a newborn ish. I still am not sleeping um, you, on your listings. If you haven't done this already, add a graphic that says it. So like people usually won't read the description or read the a shop announcement or anything like that. You want to actually put a graphic into your photo galleries, every single one. And you can use the same one for each, just like, you know, made by, you know, hundred percent made from how, you know, however you want to state it, but make it simple. Don't make it busy. Like a simple and in your case, earthy looking, graphic that just says that on it and you will see your sales go up even more because when people are browsing they will get pulled in by even just that that is an excellent idea because i've been trying to figure out how to get that across because yeah. i just didn't know so thank you make it like the second or even or second or third picture um so that it's pretty early on in there and just everywhere you have to you have to realize everyone listening that people don't typically don't read the descriptions. You've got some of your like type a who read everything and you know, they are the people who, and I respect them. Like I need more of them in my life. They read the terms of service before they check the little click box on every single thing they subscribe to. But most of us like, look, we're just like, ah, someone, so-and-so said it was fine. And we just go with what the picture shows us. We don't go into the details. So you want to make it, you want to put that information, put it in your, um, I would put it in your tagline that goes under your, your like, that goes right under your shop name, put it in your shop announcement, put it in your photo gallery, put it in your description, put it in your about section, put it in your FAQs, put it everywhere. Um, and that way you're more likely to have people find it. I will. Thank you. That's a great suggestion. Yes. And if you're not, if you have the space for it in your titles, that's a great place to um, make sure you put it in your titles. So, okay. That, that was a total side note. Rachel, but hopefully helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think um, the support, like, you know, there's like that hashtag support local, uh, which I used to use all the time with my reclaim wood because I love selling them locally because I don't have to pay the enormous, it was like $50 to ship a sign. Um, do you think, I know the hashtag support local movement has made a difference in your business? Like, do you think that's something that other sellers could look into that would help? I do. I think the local support is pretty significant. I feel like here in the St. Louis community, there's a lot of people who actively come to the art shows and the craft shows with the intention of they're here to support a local artist. And I think that's fantastic. And I like to do that too. I think like actually as I'm doing, my necklace I'm wearing is from a local artist and she's actually become a friend. And I think the local supporting local is important. I know 
when you do the art shows, some people will look at your price tags because it is handmade. So it is going to cost more than if you went and bought it from a big box store. Um, and some people look at the price tags and roll their eyes or you know, yes. like throw the bag back on the rack because they're insulted that you would charge that much. Well, you're not at a flea market. It is not a flea yeah. market. <laughs> no, it's not. It's come on. But the bulk of people are very respectful and mm -hmm. they feel really good about being able to support Rachel. They're not supporting this nameless big box store and that big box store I shop at, you know, like a lot of them, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but people come to these shows because they want to support local artists and have a piece of not just a bag or a piece of jewelry, but they want to take home the story of who their creator was that made that piece. I mean, there's going to be a rotten apple in every bunch. I did a, uh, I did one craft show and I was, and after that, I was just like, I will pay shipping. <laughs> um, <laughs> after that, it was just not my, I am such i I'm an outgoing introvert. So I do not like large groups of people. I can do one-on-one -on -one or small groups all day long and be super happy. If I'm in a big group, I'm finding the other entrepreneur in the group and tucking away in the corner and having like a conversation about like funnels and marketing or whatever. I cannot. Um, so the craft show was too much, but I will say I was also, my ego was a little scarred because there was this one a mother daughter who walked past and they were kind of peeking at the signs and the daughter said, I could make those. And I'm just like, so then make them like, you don't have to comment about it, you know? Yeah. Um, but like you said, I agree for the most part, you know, so you have to kind of thick skin, but for the most part, people are lovely. And it's actually really nice to have that like one-on-one -on -one moment with them. And I bet with your story too, it's just even more powerful to be able to have that personal connection. Yeah, they don't. I don't know that I, I feel like I don't look legally blind until Not at all. <laughs> well, when they see me use the Square app on my phone, if they're charging with the card, then it's painfully obvious because I have nose prints all over my phone because I have to hold it so close. <laughs> like my Coke bottle glasses I wear and they're like, can you see? No. How do you sew? Very carefully. <laughs> does that come up like on like genuinely? Does that come up like all the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot, not just at art shows, but like, I remember the days when I used to write checks at the store to like pay for groceries. People were always like, are you blind? Can't you see? Oh my One God. time I told someone I had scratch and sniff checks because I just didn't feel like dealing with it that day. <laughs> that is sassy and I love it. That is so good. Like, oh my no. gosh. You want to smell it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine, yeah, trying to write the check right there and like and the number it, that oh, I'm so glad we don't do checks anymore. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Perfecting Pinterest e-course by Sophia Lee. Okay, so I'm particularly excited about today's sponsor because if you use this resource correctly, you could completely blow up your Etsy shop with sales. No joke. If there was ever a game changer for Etsy success, it is Pinterest and learning how to master it. Before I tell you more, you need to know I have quite literally spent over a thousand dollars on Pinterest courses over the years, several thousand on blogging courses, and I learned a ton. Most of them were valuable. I don't have a whole bunch of regrets. But earlier this year, I was introduced to the blogger Sophia Lee, who started her blog in college and has killed the game. Four years later now, she's earning seventy thousand plus per month, per month from her blog. 
I was intrigued. <laughs> so I bought her blogging e-course and her Pinterest, Pinterest e-course because A, I was curious about her strategy since her blog is so lucrative. And B, I could not believe how reasonable the price was. Like, wow, compared to what I have spent before, it was an absolute steal. I also have a blog in addition to my Etsy shop. And so I learned early on that Pinterest is the most powerful way to get readers to your blog. And it's one of the best free ways to drive traffic to your Etsy shop. So the reason I'm partnered with Sophia Lee today is because I went through her Pinterest course and it was outstanding outstanding. I'm not kidding. Outstanding. It was packed with so much value. I would recommend it to my best friend. I already recommended it to my mom who took it and loved it. And I have zero reservations recommending it to you either. So if you have not tried promoting your Etsy listings on Pinterest, which is some of the best free traffic you can get, or you still need to learn how to build strategy for Pinterest, I cannot recommend perfecting Pinterest enough. Sophia Lee built her Pinterest course to teach bloggers how to promote their posts, but what you'll learn directly applies to your Etsy listings too. In all the places where she is linking a blog post, you'll do the same with your Etsy listings. I feel confident you'll get a ton of value out of it. You can grab my link down in the show notes and check out the course info today. It's immediately available to you, and I am so excited to see what a difference it makes. Okay, so... Goodness gracious. What encouragement would you like to share with other folks listening, maybe who also have disabilities and it's been sort of um, made them kind of take pause? And then for that matter, or anyone else who has reservations about getting started, I mean, I feel like, like I said, I feel like we've kind of gotten a, a nice little kick, in, a sweet kick in the pants, but, but nonetheless, what do you think? Um, I would like to encourage anyone with disabilities or with reservations about starting an Etsy shop. I feel like if you're willing to put in the work and the time to do the research for the search engines and take pictures and learn how to do it. I feel like when I embarked on Etsy, there was the piece of me learning my craft, but then there's also the piece of how do I take a picture? How do I do good keywords and titles? Like, But I do think it's very doable. I think if you're willing to put in the work and you have a positive attitude, I think it's totally achievable. I think Etsy is a very great place to start. It's a very user form user-friendly platform. And I would just like to encourage anyone that they can try it. I mean, it's 20 cents to start, right? To set up your first listing. It's a pretty low investment and it can have huge returns. Okay. And I, you can totally turn me down, but I want to go off script here a little bit um, off of our questions and ask you if you have found any, any practical ways that may not be obvious to someone like me to help you do some of those things? Like, were, do you have, were there some practical tips around photography or tools that you've used or around learning SEO? Was there anything specific to you that really helped? Um, related to my vision or just big picture Etsy store? I think I, I would like to hear specific to your vision, if you don't mind, because I think that that would be the harder thing for someone else to sniff out. Um, with regards to pictures, a very big background, like, okay a big, big background. We ended up going to Home Depot and buying like these large slats of, it looks like old barn wood, but the bigger my background was, then I had more forgiveness in taking the picture if I was a little to the left or the right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that was a big deal. And I learned that because I knew I needed to up my photography game. And I feel like when there's things that you need, it's good to look for experts and people like you, Lizzie, who already yeah. know 
what I don't know. And so I worked with the local photography teacher. He came to my house. He gave me all this ideas and input. He looked at my setup. I paid him a fee and he left and I completely thought it was worthwhile because I feel like it made my pictures better. And he could see the things that I wasn't getting right. And his suggestion was get a great big background. Then you've got plenty of forgiveness on how you take your picture. Okay. And then everything else would just be like the magnification someone would already be using on their computer screen, right? Or whatever they're using already to blow up the, you know, their phone, like things on their phone. Are there apps or things like that that you use? You know, Apple, app. I use an Apple, Apple iPhone and a Mac computer. And I find personally that Apple has done a really superb job of coming up with ways of making their devices accessible to people with both vision and hearing problems. And just by the nature of the accessibility features that they offer within their iOS system, it has actually made a lot of my super expensive magnifiers that I, when I was a kid, I would buy all these, well, I wouldn't, my parents yes. would, would buy these digital magnifiers and I still have them in a box, but my phone and my iPad have completely made those obsolete because if you turn the magnification setting on your phone and accessibility, if you triple click the little side button, it makes your phone zoomable and you can zoom in and out on like, I use it to sew. I went to dinner the night with a friend and I could zoom in on my receipt so I could pay a tip without having to mm -hmm. ask my friend. Cause how awkward is it when you can't see, you want to pay. Right. And you can't see how much it is to pay. <laughs> so you have for to ask sure. your friend, then, Hey, can you read this for me? And it just takes away the moment for sure. But so I really feel like, and I'm not trying to plug Apple, but I no, really please do. They've like, that's what I want, stuff. though. Like, what has helped you? You know what I mean? Like that. These are things that I take for granted every single day. So, like, I love that. Like, plug whatever. Like, especially, um, you know, like, the, did you get your clamp on Amazon? The one that I think we can we see it? Is that that white stretchy thing in the background there? The clamp? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you're putting your phone on so you can blow things up. That's amazing. Was yeah, that an Amazon find? It is. It was 20 bucks on Amazon. And I have two of them and I just move them around. They clamp on very easily. Um, they are awesome. Cause then I can literally put my phone, it clamps right here and I can load my phone in and my sewing machine is as big as the screen. I've used my iPad as well. Um, not with this particular one, but I have another clamp that I use and it's awesome. And you know, I will say YouTube is a great resource for someone with a disability. Okay. I, I did a lot of YouTubing of like how, you know, best accessibility tools for Apple phone, Apple iPod, watch, you know, how, because so many other people have done this kind of stuff out there. Like, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I have YouTube. Someone probably made a video. I can go look to see how they did it. Okay. This is, a, it's like, I'm, I'm reeling. It's all, it's really good advice. And I really hope it's encouraging the people who need it, who need it for sure. What are your top three tips for success on Etsy? Okay, so I thought about this for a long time. Yeah, I'm excited. So my first tip on Etsy is customer service. And I I feel like I want to give my Etsy buyers the same kind of personal interaction that I give my in-person buyers where they're getting to know me and we're talking. And so when I make a sale, immediately if I'm, you know, the next time I get to my computer, I send them a message and say, Hi Sarah. Like I'm very careful to use their name and to spell yeah. it correctly. Yes. Um and then I say, hey, thanks for buying the messenger bag. I'm going to get to work on it and I'm going to ship it out by this date or sooner. I'll let you know. And I also take a picture of every single thing I make and I post it on social media so that then they're encouraged to go back to my social media platform because they can see a picture of their creation before oh, it gets to their door. Yeah. Um, and then I just I come I send them combos or messages throughout the process just to keep them up to date. And I think 
that helps them recognize they're buying, even though they're legally Etsy's customers, they're buying their bag from me. Does that yes. make sense? You feel like a boutique and that's what they came for. That's perfect. Amazing. Yes. Um, my second one, we already kind of touched on a little bit was photography. Okay. I feel like. Yeah. Your pictures are gorgeous. I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how you do it, girl. Thank you. I, I sit with like these big magnifiers in front of a tripod <laughs> like to do like a full like review of each inch of my phone to make sure everything looks right. And Photoshop. I hope you're sharing behind the scenes pictures. I hope your Instagram stories, you share these behind the scenes pictures because you're, it makes me want to buy from you even more. Just like knowing what you go through to produce these things. I just hope you're sharing it. And in your about section in your Etsy shop, I'm sorry, I totally cut you off, Rachel, but <laughs> I'm excited because it's incredible. Like, I hope you get like get your husband to get snapshots of this thing. So, okay. Photography. And then, um, I'm sorry, Rachel, what, what did you want to say about that? Other than it needs to be perfect. Were you going to give more tips on the, no, just, I think it makes a huge difference. And it makes I think every difference. Yes. It does. Like what you said, people, I think look at the pictures way more than they read. I agonize hours over descriptions that probably aren't really being read. Right. You have to have them, but yeah, no one's really looking at them. Okay. Yeah. And number three, my number three would be, this is what I've done in the last year. And it's to, for people to take advantage of the information that people like you put out, Lizzie, like the content creators for Etsy coaches. I have learned so much about how to improve my Etsy store from your podcast and from some other Etsy podcast people on YouTube and Instagram. And there's so much information out there. And like, you guys have already done this and you've been incredibly successful at it. I want to glean every piece of information that I can get that's out there. So much of it's free and the paid classes are worth it because you're yeah. going to get a lot out of it. And I can directly take that information that I'm learning from you all and apply it to my business and be successful. Yeah. I think if you've, you're absolutely right. Like, first of all, don't try to reinvent the wheel because you're going to just spin, you're, you're going to get discouraged, right? So if you don't have the money, which I understand, but you've got plenty of time, then heck yes, dig into the podcasts and the YouTubes and the, and all of the free resources you can. And I will tell you, I still buy Etsy courses. I recently, anyone who listened to um, Heather, um, Heather studio, when she came on to talk about print on demand, I bought her course with my own, I'm affiliate for her now too, but I literally bought it with my own money because she understands print on demand. And I want to learn you know, I've moved into print on demand to kind of play around and see like, okay, what, what's the deal here? Can we really do it? I wasn't going to try to figure that out by myself, right? Like it's too, it's worth it. So I don't, I, I just want to make sure people know I like put my money where my mouth is, you know? Um, right. I think it's important with, the, with that. So how, how can we all support the heck out of you, Rachel? How do we find you? Do you want to share your shop name? Well, you did earlier, you said so good and trendy, right? And we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. How do yep. we support you? How do we find you? Um, I'm most active on Facebook and okay. so I'm at facebook.com slash. So it's S E W good and trendy, the word and spelled out. Um, I recently started an Instagram so that's so underscore good underscore and underscore trendy. Um, okay. I'm just starting on Instagram. My kids are being very instrumental in helping me navigate <laughs> all of that. Um, but those are the two best places to find me. And then of course my Etsy shop. Okay. And I know I've also got a link for you on Pinterest and then, um, no, that is awesome. I will make sure and share all of that. I'm going to suggest like, seriously, I think that the way that you're taking advantage of local, I know that you weren't expecting this to have any coaching in it. So I hope it's okay that I'm throwing out some tips here, but no, please. <laughs> um, the way that you're taking advantage of local press, the reason it's like people are falling in love with you and your story because it just, 
I don't know. You know those moments, and maybe maybe you don't have them because you're like living this, but like I sometimes have these moments where I get down about something, right, in my life, and I'm just like, it's not going the way that I want it to go. And then I hear a story of suffering and what someone else is going through while I'm over here whining about my latte or something like that. And I have this moment of just like, my eyes get real big and I go, whoa, I need to go back to gratitude. And your story does that and more because it also tells me, you know what? You can reach for more. Like you, you're, you're, Rachel's over here killing the game. Um, you can, okay. So my point is your story in the local, in the local news and um, at the craft shows, the local press, it inspires and it draws people in and you can create the same thing online. So like when you're sharing on Facebook, on Instagram, on Pinterest less. So Pinterest is going to be more about your, your pictures and your links, but make sure you're sharing what it looks like behind the scenes and what you go like it's to you. It's every day. And maybe even, I don't know, we even talked about this. Maybe even it feels like, Oh, I shouldn't share that. I want you to share that 10 X. Like if, if I could talk to your daughters and get you on TikTok, <laughs> I, I, because it would be like the local press, like times a million. You know what I mean? Where they could get video clips of you. Go ahead. What are you going to say? No, I just, I, I, I've had this conversation with my husband and my parents, my father and my mom and my kids recently of like, how much do I want to share about that? I just, yes. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've gone back and forth. I did post one reel on Instagram that has a picture of me sewing with my phone in the clamp and it says, this is how I see to sew. <laughs> but I think that's as much, and I think I've marked on Etsy and on Facebook that I'm a disabled um, business owner, but that's really the most I've done about it. Well, and I honor that. And if that is the most comfortable for you, I totally celebrate however you want to approach it. I'm just saying you've inspired thousands of people listening today. Um, and it, it's part of your story. And if you want to share it, I'll give you a hundred ideas on how, but I also honor if you like, you, here's the other, here's the other bottom line. Your product is gorgeous and it is worthy. And like, you can use your story to sell it more, but it doesn't even need it. It's beautiful by itself. Oh, you're nice. And I am open to any suggestions you have. You have, <laughs> you have been down this road and although I've had my store since 2008, I really haven't invested in trying to make it something sustainable until this past year. And so I would very much, I love ideas and I learned so much from you just from your podcast and I'm very grateful for all of that. So thank you. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm so honored to have you listen and, um, and I hope this helps and I'm happy to, you just let me know if you want to get in the TikTok talk space and I'll send you some ideas, <laughs> but I also honor if you want to keep that, like, that's totally fair. We're in like a special little, a little bubble right now with our, at the, with our Etsy people, like this podcast has become like a family. So it's like a safer place to share than, the scary world of TikTok, but I don't know. Also, you may not want to have to sew that many bags. Now that I think about it, you may not. <laughs> yeah. No, please know I am very open about it. So I'm not, I'm very okay with sharing and talking about it. It's a part of who I am. It's a part of who I've always been. It's kind of like, you know, I'm a mom, I'm blind and I like to garden and sew, you know, it's I just, love it. just who I am. But like, you've made it your superpower. I don't know about that. It does allow me to sit really close at movie theaters. And I always think you can justify getting big TVs. My husband loves that. Like we have lots of big TVs in our house because Rachel has to be able to see it. Right. We, we have to. We, we yeah. absolutely have to. <laughs> Rachel, this has been a delight. I thank you for everything you shared. I know that there are people inspired, motivated, and then taking away some like tips and ideas today because it's been a totally different kind of episode. So thank you for doing this with me and 
for your vulnerability and I'm honored. Oh, I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunity. It's very nice to meet you and to be a part of this. So thank you. Yeah, we'll have to keep in touch for sure. Okay. Okay, so thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please go support Rachel. Um, don't just go peep her store and put her views up. Like, go support her. Check out her Instagram if you want to see the products. And until next time, go make something awesome. Bye, guys. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.